I'm glad you're here today. How many were here last week when I shared a message on fellowship, sharing and caring? Were you here? If you weren't here, I really want to encourage you to go back and listen to the message. I believe it was a, a timely word and one that we got to grab a hold of as a church. <clears throat> and today I'm going to share briefly, uh, just a brief uh, overview of it. But I want to tell a little joke first. Everybody okay with jokes? Yeah. I'm glad Jim Adams, Jim Adams is in the blue plaid. Everybody wave at Jim. Jim, wave at everybody. That's Jim right there. He, uh, he almost didn't make it to church today because uh, his electricity went out in Muncie and his garage door wouldn't work and he doesn't have one of those automatic releases. And so he couldn't get out of his driveway and he said, no, I'm going to get to church. I want to go to church. I want to be with God's people. And so uh, lo and behold, his electricity came back on. He thought he was going to have to take a taxi to Newcastle. But the joke I was going to tell you is there was this guy that uh, it was time for church and he was struggling getting out of bed and... <clears throat> and uh, his wife kept poking him, come on, it's time to wake up, get out of bed, come on, it's time to go. <sighs> you know, have you ever wanted to stay in bed? Yeah. And she kept going, kept poking on him, she said, honey, we're going to be late, let's go. I don't think I'm going to go today, honey, I think just go on without me. She goes, dude, how are we going to do, who's going to preach? <laughs> Minister was having a hard time getting out of bed, he wanted to quit. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Today I'm going to talk about being having a brave heart. Everybody say brave heart. Brave I'm going to talk about courage today. And uh, God's going to do some work in here, and he's already started. It's amazing. When Sarah was sharing her exhortation, I was like, okay, Sarah, you can sit down now. You're preaching my message. And as the message kept going on with what Mike shared and what Eric has shared, uh, the Lord has set us up. So I hope you got your ears on. Everybody got your ears on? Got your heart open? Not closed down? Not distracted? Amen. Well, just a quick, quick review. I, I believe we're just steps away from some major freedom in this house. And you are steps away from some major freedom in your life. But last week we talked about how the first church, the church in Acts, how they devoted themselves to the four essentials. And we've been talking about that for weeks. And I believe if this repetition, repetition is not bringing revelation, uh, we've got some serious problems. But what were the four things that the early church was devoted to? They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread and fellowship and prayer, right? Those four essentials. And we've been modeling our families. We're modeling ourselves after that and saying, God, we want to be a people. We want our families here locally, internally in this church to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God. We want to be devoted to fellowship, the breaking of bread, house to house. We want to be, we want to be devoted to prayer and fellowship. And uh, as we do, God is doing a work in our hearts and and so we dove into last week, fellowship, which was the, the thing that Tom talked about is that sharing and caring. <clears throat> and I just want to touch a few things on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I talked last week that, about how fellowship is this sharing and caring and that, that caring actually shows up when there's a need. And when there's a need in the house, when there's a need in people's life, Caring and sharing shows up, and we have the opportunity to, to be a part of the hands and feet of Jesus, to care and to help people. And what I, what I talked about last week, and I, I brought a point, I said, um, if you're in a marriage crisis, or you're in a problem, or you're in a financial crisis, if there's a need that you have, in the first century church, 
the people that got their needs met were the people that were literally devoted to the fellowship. They were devoted to the breaking of bread house to house. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were people who were devoted to prayer. And I pointed out that scripture that it was those who are among us, that the word among was literally those who were devoted. And, 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 and just a disclaimer of what I did not say. What I did not say that could have been construed we still help the widow and we still help the orphan. We still help the poor. That is evangelism. That is outreach. But we're talking about the family of God. This house, that when your needs are not being met, you have to ask the question, am I devoted? Am I devoted to the apostles' teaching? Am I devoted to fellowship? Am I devoted to going house to house, breaking bread in each other's home? Am I devoted to prayer? If I'm not devoted to those things, what that, that scripture was inferring was those people who were doing those things got their needs met. Are you with me? And that was a powerful message because I tell you what, I have so many people who come to me who need financial help or they need this or they need that. And they're, they, they think that all of them, everything should just be given to them, that they're part of the anyone, but they're not involved. They're not a part of the church. They're not devoted in relationship. They're not in connect group. They're not, they're not in. They're not all in. And so last week we talked about, are you all in? Yeah. And man, you guys said, yes, we're all in. Many of you came forward. We had a time of prayer, laying hand on hands. We, we, there was a commitment that, was, that came last week where there was this, yes, I want to be baptized into the body of Christ. I am fully in. I am, I, the chips are on the table and I'm in. And there was a move of God's spirit. We even had a little rap last week. Does anybody remember what rap stood for? Does anybody remember what rap stood for? I know it wasn't this... <laughs> Boy, Emily, they're really butchering it, aren't they? Repentance, ask, and pursue. We talked about repenting, and God forgive us that we've not been that type of people. Forgive us that we haven't been in each other's homes breaking bread and being deeply devoted to one another. Forgive us that we haven't been devoted to the Word of God. Forgive us for those things. We repented and we asked the Lord to forgive us and repentance is turning, right? And so then we asked the Holy Spirit to come and fill us because if you're dry, if, if you're wore out, it is impossible to, to want to do that stuff, to move somebody on a Saturday when you're dry, you, you want to go, oh, God, I hope somebody else does that. <laughs> when you're dry and not filled up with the Holy Spirit and someone is sick and they need meals, it is hard to make a meal for somebody. And so we ask for the Holy Spirit. Fill us. Even Tom this morning, Holy Spirit, come. I want more Holy Spirit. Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. And then we said P was pursue, and that was where we were going to pursue relationships this week. We were going to have people over in, in, in our, and have meals together, and we were going to begin to pursue relationships. We're not going to be people that wait for somebody to pursue us. Me, 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 pursue me, pursue me. But we were going to pursue people who have needs in this house. We were going to pursue people that we may know that are going through a challenge. And you can look around and see that there are some people missing today. And so those would be great people that you pursue. And you ask and you help them. Because I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, if somebody's not here, they're going through a trial. 
If somebody's not here, they're offended. If there's somebody not here, there's a need that's not been met. If there's somebody not here, they're struggling with oppression or heaviness or something's going on and there's a need. And so sharing and caring, this fellowship that the New Testament was talking about, this caring and sharing for each other, it had something to do with encouragement. And so by the time we get to the end of the service today, there's going to be an impartation of the gift of encouragement. God's going to break some crap off of some of you guys where you're discouraged. And God's going to do a mighty, mighty work this morning. And I feel it, know it, and uh, I praise God for his presence. So I want to start again with Acts chapter 4. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn in your book, the amazing word of God, or you can read it on the screen or put it on your phone. But this is the, uh, we're, we're going to take a look at Acts chapter 4 and go through here. And we're going to build on what I started last week about caring for each other. Because we have a deep, deep need in this house for care to increase. And because care always shows up when there's needs. And there are tremendous needs in people's lives in this house. Can I have a witness? Yes. So, let's read Acts 4, 34 and 30, 46. And God's grace, everybody say God's grace. God's grace. It was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. And that's where I concentrated on last week, among them being the preposition that connects it to the noun. And the noun is them. And it was them who were what? Apostles teaching, the breaking of bread, the fellowship. It was those among them that were devoted to these things. None of those people had a need. That when from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. And again, anyone, I asked you last week, who is anyone? Anyone is not everyone. Beg to differ. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money to and put it at the apostles' feet. Look here, right there. The gift of encouragement, the son of encouragement, the gift of encouragement shows up when there's a need. So the, the gift of encouragement right here. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, he sold a field. I love the encouragement I got with the free chickens. Man, Brian and Sarah are giving some of their first fruits of their farm to us to help families within the body of Christ. How many think that's a good idea? Hey, I'll get your attention, right? The gift of encouragement is tied to caring for one another. Care is connected to encouragement. Tom shared that caring for one another when he preached, Tom shared this. He said, Tom shared that caring for one another is having concern for one another's physical, mental, emotional, and material welfare. And I agree with that. And I'm going to add something to Tom's definition. Not that he was wrong, but it cannot stop at just concern for your physical, mental, emotional, and, and spiritual health. That concern has got to be married with an, a, a, an act 
that there has to be not just a concern, but there has to be an action of, of the heart. And there has to come with that a desire to help meet the need. So not only am I concerned for you, so when I see somebody in a marriage crisis and I'm concerned about their marriage and I'm worried about them and I'm praying for them, my concern cannot stop at just concern. It has to move to there has to be a desire inside of me to do something to act. And I have to go, oh man, and you see there's unforgiveness. Have you read Matthew 18? There's something that has to come from me that, there, that, that, that addresses the concern in my heart for them. If it's a financial crisis, it's like, it, I can't just be concerned about your financial crisis because you're in the hospital and you can't work. If you're in the hospital and can't work, there's a desire not just to be concerned about your finances, but I have an act. I have a desire to, to help meet that need with a gift card or helping you with your car payment or helping you with something where there's a, a thing that I connect my act to help from that concern. Does that make sense? And so, so many times we have a Facebook care in the church. And we send these little Facebook things, praying for you, concern for you. But that requires nothing of you. And so care has to do with, yes, I'm concerned for you. But I mu it must move me to be a part of the solution and to help. So in the financial problem, I can't tell you how many people I've helped financially. But sometimes helping you financially does not mean me paying your bill. Sometimes what you need is, do you know what the Word of God says about finances? Do you know what the Bible teaches about getting on a budget and, and owing no man anything and, and that you're a, a slave to the lender and that God actually wants you to have, have this, this self-control over your finances? And that actually me giving you money, I would actually enable you. And my, my concern for you financially has got to move towards an act where I'm, I'm challenging you to obey the word of God. I'm challenging you to help you get where God wants to take you. Can I have an amen on that? Is anybody in the house? So when I see my brother, sister, sick or in a need, my concern must lead me to action. In Jerusalem, this kind of love was literally transforming Jerusalem. Jerusalem was being changed because these people had a love for one another, a devotion to one another, and it was radically changing Jerusalem. And I believe Newcastle can be radically changed by this kind of love. So again, care is connected to encouragement. Caring for others is connected to this word we call encouragement. So let's talk a little bit about Barnabas for a moment. So Barnabas, his name was not Barnabas, was it? It was Joseph. And, and they changed his name from Joseph to Barnabas. Joseph was renamed because of his spiritual gift of encouragement. And in Romans 12, 8, it says, if your gift is to encourage, then give encouragement. And so everyone can have this gift of encouragement. Say, I can have the gift of encouragement. 
I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe this doesn't happen with you, but chances are I have had the gift of discouragement. <laughs> have you ever discouraged anybody, Chad? Has anybody else had the gift of discouragement? It ain't fun. Don't like smoking that in any pipe. It's like, wow, you're Debbie Downer. Don't want to be around you. I've done it before. So who is this Barnabas, and how did he encourage? What are some other examples in the Word of God where this gift of encouragement came, where Barnabas helped, where he brought courage, where he helped bring what God wanted him to bring to the early church? And so it starts when Barnabas uh, met Paul. And do you guys remember Paul's conversion? He was called what? Saul. And Saul was converted. He actually was a Christian hater. He actually was imprisoning Christians. He was, doing, he was wreaking havoc on the early church. And he was putting uh, people like us in jail. He, he was having people like us whipped. He was having people like us flogged. He was trying to get rid of the people in the way. He was a Pharisee, Paul was. And Paul radically, Saul radically got saved. And his name was then changed to Paul, just like Barnab Joseph's name was changed to Barnabas. And here's what happened in the Jerusalem church. So the apostles are together in the Jerusalem church. Thousands of people are beginning to get saved. Thousands of people are getting saved, and the whole city is being turned upside down for Jesus. And now Paul comes on the scene, and everybody is scared to death of Paul. Why do you think they were, they were scared of him? His reputation. Dude, that's the guy that puts guys in Christ, Christians in jail. And Barnabas encouraged the disciples. Barnabas exhorted the disciples. No, guys, listen to me. This guy, Paul, has truly had a conversion. And they were encouraged by Barnabas to accept Paul into the body of Christ. And they did. My question is, what would have happened to Paul if Barnabas hadn't given the gift of encouragement and had not encouraged the disciples to receive Paul? Paul wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. Come on, Paul. Barnabas saw something in Paul that nobody else saw. Everybody else saw the problems with him. Everybody else saw the past. How many of you have a past? Oh, don't let him in the church. Don't let him minister. You know what the he went. You, I mean, gosh, they just not know what he did. And it's that gift of encouragement that must rise up and say, oh, no, he has been born again. He's been set free by the blood of Jesus. Yeah, he may be immature, but man, let's bring him on. Let's do something together for the mission of God. Thank God Barnabas stuck up for Paul. How about you, huh? Barnabas encouraged the disciples, uh, and he said to them, because the Gentiles were starting to get saved. And Barnabas was the guy that said, hey, wait, wait a minute, guys. We need to accept the Gentiles into the family of God. We do not need to exclude them. But no, they need to be accepted into the church. 
the gift of encouragement. And they were encouraged, and a transformation began to happen all over Judea and Jerusalem and Samaria and all the places because the Gentiles, you and I, any of you Jews out there? Maybe a few. I'm not a Jew. All us Gentiles were accepted. We were adopted into the family of God because of the blood of Jesus. Anybody glad for that? But it was the gift of encouragement because Barnabas encouraged the disciples to accept the Gentiles. Barnabas encouraged Paul. And this was a tough situation for Barnabas. But Barnabas was trying to encourage Paul to let John Mark go with them. So Paul and Barnabas got together, and they were going to go back to all the churches that they had affected. They were going to go to Antioch. They were going to go to Sidon. They were going to go to all these churches where the king, the, 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 all these people had gotten saved, and they were going to visit each church. They were going to encourage them. They were going to admonish them. And Barnabas and Saul are getting ready to go, and Barnabas says, hey, let's take John Mark with us. And Paul goes, uh-uh. No, I don't want to take John Mark with us. He abandoned us back here and went home. You know, there was a, they were ministering in, in a city, and, and John Mark wanted to go home, and uh, John Mark went home. So now Paul had this thing against John Mark. And it was such a, a, a dispute among them that actually Barnabas took John Mark, and he went one way, and Paul went another way. And they divided. They didn't agree. But it's interesting, later on in the story, what happens is Paul comes to Barnabas and he, and he says to, to Barnabas, John Mark is helpful for the ministry. And, and Paul re, re uh, uh, what's the word? Reconsidered, he accepted, he accepted John Mark back in to the ministry and the helps of the ministry because of the gift of encouragement. Gave him courage, empowered him. One other example is Barnabas encourages the church in Antioch. And we're going to read a little bit on that because on one occasion he was sent by the Jerusalem church to Antioch. And it's in Acts chapter 11, verse 23. And it describes Barnabas' arrival. This is, this is Barnabas' arrival to Antioch. This is the first place that they were called Christians. When Barnabas arrived and saw that what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them. There's that word again. He encouraged them what? He encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the, to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. This was before Saul because Saul had just been converted. And the NLT says, after his arrival, Barnabas sought out Saul to help him with the work. So this gift of encouragement that Barnabas had, he saw something in Saul that he could be, he could be used for the kingdom. He, he goes to Antioch and he encourages people to remain faithful and true to the Lord. He is a good man, and, he, and look how and the, uh, people were brought to the Lord. So I want to break down for us today this, this gift of encouragement. When you look at the word encouragement, or you, like, like here, that word encourage, when you look at the gift of encouragement that we talk about in Romans 12, 8, it's a gift. It, it's something that we can all have. But what is the gift? What does it mean? 
And there's five words. If I, if I break down the Greek word of encouragement, there's five words that describe what encouragement is. And these are the five words. You may want to write them down. I'm going to give you the definition here in a minute. But the gift of encouragement means that I urge someone, I implore them, I exhort them, I have compassion or I have comfort for them. But those were the five words in the Greek that when you break down the word encouragement, those words were the ones that describe what encouragement is all about. And so I broke those five words down into definitions and defined them for you. And so urge means to push or drive to excitement of effort. It means I want to urge you, go to your brother and forgive them. I want to urge you, go, be restored to your wife. I mean, I, I'm, I'm urging and I'm pressing, I'm driving into excitement or, uh, to, for them to, have an, to take effort to do something that the Word of God says to do. To implore means to beg or make urgent. Dude, this is a serious situation. Dude, if you don't get your finances under control, dude, it's going to destroy you. You need to learn. You need to get help from the body of Christ and let us help you. It's, it's, it's that beseeching someone to get help. Exhorting is another word. It's the act. Everybody say the act. The act. Say it again. The act of earnestly supporting, of earnestly encouraging a response or action. It's to request or urge action. Everybody say urge action. When I come to encourage you, I'm not coming to control you. I'm coming to you to encourage you to say, listen. The, the word of God says this, man, let me help you. Let's get there. Let's do this. Let's grow. Emotional healing. Man, I've come to so many people and said, dude, you need some emotional healing. Please let our team help you. Chirp, 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 chirp. And then you hear a testimony like, like Eric's. And you go, dear God, what a breakthrough that he had. And that's exhortation. It's, it's, it's urging someone to action. And then, those, so those top three are all about encouraging, imploring, you're, you're, you're urging someone to take action. You're urging someone to obey the Lord. You're urging somebody to do something. That's encouragement. When, when Barnabas was encouraging, he was telling the disciples, no, no, I urge you, guys, guys, accept Paul. Accept him. He's a true disciple. No, no, accept the Gentiles. They are truly being born again. Do you see the urging? Do you see the imploring, the begging, the action? The, the urging action is what encouragement does. And then the other two, compassion and comfort, kind of deal with the part of helping people. So if you look at compassion, it's a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. I gave the example last week. When Gary Tyre was in the hospital and Deb couldn't work because she had to take care of him, there was financial help. There was things going. There was things that happened. People mowed his yard. The body of Christ came together and helped and supported. And then I gave an example of another family that was going through trials, and they're not a part of the house. They're not here. They're not a part of connect groups. They're not, they're not devoted. They're not here, and they're expecting all this stuff to be done for them and to them, and nobody knows who they are. 
Who are you? And you're wanting help, and you think the body of Christ could do all this for you, and you're not among us. You're not in us. You're not fully in. How would I even know what your problems are? Because I'm not connected to you relationally. That's why these two messages are so tied together. And when there's a need, we have to have the gift of encouragement operating in the body of Christ and not, and not enabling, not, 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 not just giving them whatever they want or consoling them and rubbing them on the head and saying, oh, it's going to be okay. Oh, 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 you got so, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. It stinks to be you. Coddle them. Gosh, baby bottles after baby bottles. <laughs> no no flak jackets hand grenades no come on stand up let's do this thing let's fight let's not waddle in self-pity comfort to console to reassure and bring to cheer oh man you are going through it, but what I see in the Spirit is God is going to break this thing off of you. I see God's going to restore this to you. I see God's going to do this, and I begin to comfort them. I begin to bring them to cheer through the Word of God and through words of knowledge, through prophetic words. Anybody want that kind of stuff? Anyone anybody want to be that to somebody who's discouraged and frustrated? Dictionary.com says this about encouragement. To encourage, to inspire with courage, spirit, or confidence. The example they use, his coach encouraged him throughout the marathon race to keep on running. Don't quit. Keep going. To stimulate or by assistance or help or approval. And so then you drop down and I got two other definitions. Because brave and courage are synonyms. They are, they, they, they are two different words that say the same thing. Courage. This quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, and pain without fear. Bravery. And brave is possessing courage and courageous. So it's, when you have one, you have the other. And so this thing of courage, this thing of bravery is to stand in the face of difficulty, to stand in the face of fear that was mentioned today, to stand in the midst of your pain without fear consuming you. It's courage and bravery can only show up when there is fear, when there is a problem. Courage and bravery can only show up when there's a problem. Do you hear me? Courage and bravery can only show up when you're in pain or when you have a problem or you're in a desperate place. You don't need courage. You don't need bravery if everything's going good. Smooth seas don't make good sailors. Who you want to be on a, a cruise ship? You want somebody that's weathered a few storms or you want, you want Dr. Shock and everything's just cool? Oh, everything's fine. I want somebody that's weathered a few storms. I want somebody like Mike talked about where you've went through something, struggle, and God has been faithful to get you through, and you're going to there be for to encourage somebody else to get through it. Amen, Mike? You've been through a few struggles, ain't you, brother? I want to share a few quotes with you. Can a man be brave if he's afraid? That is the only time a man can be brave or courageous is when there is fear. George Martin. Don't know who the guy is. 
How about the next one? Courage is about doing what you are afraid to do. There can be no courage unless you're scared. Have the courage to act. Another one, courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over fear. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear, Nelson Mandela. And I love Renee's Brown quote, you can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you cannot choose them both. Man, that hit me hard. How many of us want to choose comfort or the easy way? It's so much easier instead of confronting my brother who's offended me. It's so much easier, so much comfort just to walk away and not do anything about it. It's so easy to when you're sick and, and, and everything. It's so much easier just to take a pill and take the easy way than to get healthy. Courage is moving forward even when you feel afraid. And today, my friends, there are many in this congregation that are experiencing painful and fearful situations. There are many needs and concerns people have, and they need much encouragement. They need courage. They need to live bravely. They need a brave heart. They need a brave heart. They need courage. So let's get real. Have you ever felt like quitting? Daily. How about just giving up and saying it isn't worth it? It may be your job. It may be your marriage. It may be your school. It may be your church right here. Oh, yeah, I'm out of this place, man. They have got problems. Yep. Because you showed up. <laughs> and because I showed up. Church is a hospital. Healing the brokenhearted. And so if you're in a church, you're going to get brokenhearted. And the process of healing is doing the word of God and loving well and living dangerously and living bravely in our relationships. How about that rebellious kid that you go, I'm done, I'm over it. Dude, do whatever you want. You go smoke dope if you want. I'm just over it. I'm done. I'm done. How about your health? I'm over it can't do it how about your financial problems oh gosh yeah come get the vehicle i don't care i don't care i'm done i'm out i tap out i quit budget no nope, that's for tom preble not me <laughs> learn to budget nope 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 i tap out it's too hard i'd rather take Bernays brown's direction and take comfort rather than courage Maybe it's your depression or your anxiety that taunts you. It may be a difficult situation that you're walking through right now. Man, there is a lot of people in this house walking through some crazy, crazy things. You go to bed thinking about it, and you wake up thinking about it. might take some pills or anything else just to get you out of your misery. There's all kinds of self-medication that goes on in the body of Christ, whether it's food Drugs, alcohol, sex. There's all kinds of methods to comfort ourselves in the problems that we're facing. Do I have a witness? And I have been there. Have you ever just said, I'm done? Forget it. I quit. I quit. I've been there. I've been so discouraged before. 
that I wanted to quit everything. Oh, it'd be just so much easier to go back to banking. It'd be so much easier to quit ministry and just use my gift set somewhere else. Probably needed to, <laughs> as I start to lament. <laughs> Woe is me. <laughs> We've all been there. Every one of us in this room have wanted to quit something this morning. I almost didn't preach and stay to bed. What's it for you? Why do you want to quit? We've all done it, been there, whether it's our marriage, whether it's school and the relationships at school and the, the drama or your grades. I can remember when Abraham, when he was taking the, the test to become a teacher. Dude, that guy was so discouraged. They've made this passing this test so difficult. 30% of the people are passing it if you want to be a teacher. You talk about a kid that would make a wonderful teacher. Can't even pass the test. You talk about discouragement, wanting to quit. And for this season, he has quit. He's taken a job at Anderson University doing something else in this season until he can muster up the courage to face it again because it makes him feel like a failure. Anybody been there feel like a failure? As a parent? As a friend? As a pastor? As a leader? As a co-worker? I mean, you name it, man. It's easy to quit. Man, there's so many people in this world quitting. But in that frustration and in that moment, you want to quit. You've got to have courage. You've got to have courage. You've got to have brave heart. You've got to know that, man, I'm not turning back. I've God set me on this path, and I've got to do this for God. I can't give up on my marriage. I can't give up on ministry. I could go back to fishing, just like the disciples did when they got discouraged. They went back to fishing. I could go back to finances. Oh, I could go to the lake house. <laughs> Buddy, that was great being at the cabin. I'm retiring. Don't know how I'm going to pay for it, but hey. But you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. You need not to quit. When you need help and you need encouragement, you need an infusion of courage. You need an infusion of bravery. And you need to live daringly. You need to do difficult things because it's the right thing to do. And you need people in your corner. You need people like the people in this room to say, don't quit. You need to encourage... David was so discouraged, he said, I encouraged myself in the Lord because they were ready to stone him. And why were they going to stone him? Because many of them had lost their sons and daughters to battle. And David said, I encouraged myself in the Lord. 
And there's sometimes you need courage from God and nobody else is going to give it to you. I get that. God can come down and courage in you. I'm, I'm there. But I'm telling you, what I've seen in the body of Christ, there's a lack of encouragement. There's a lack of people saying, exhorting. There's a lack of people imploring. There's a lack of people urging. There's a lack of people with compassion. There's a lack of people doing encouragement. Can I have an amen on that? And I believe God's going to change that because this is what 1 Thessalonians says. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. I don't think it says, if you have the gift of encouragement, then encourage one another and build each other up. No, that is a command for all of us. Say, that's for me. Encourage everyone. Encourage anyone and build each other up. Galatians 6.2, carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I'm about fulfilling the law of Christ. Not the law of Eric, not the law of easiness, not the, le- the law of comfort, not the law of least resistance, not the law of quitting, not the law of take it and, take it and do it for me. In that scripture right there, carrying one another's burdens, it literally means to help carry a heavy load. Help somebody carry a heavy load. Help somebody who is oppressed, troubled, grieving, affliction, weight, plague, encumbrance. We all have a burden in our life here that has made us want to quit. And we all are to carry one another's burdens, to bring courage and strength when you want to give up and when you want to quit. And you have to be all in. And you have to be all in in order to receive that encouragement. Just like I talked about last week. You've got to be all in. Because if you're not all in, how are the people around you going to know that you have an issue? How are they going to know that you have a need? can't live in isolation and get help. You can't live in isolation and not be encouraged. You can't live in isolation and have the gift of encouragement touch your life. You can't quit coming to church. You can't quit connect group. You can't get this stuff without it. Many of you in this house are just steps away from freedom. Steps You're just steps away from freedom. You're steps away from breakthrough. But you can't go, you can't quit on God. You can't quit on your church. You need the gift of encouragement to empower you and encourage you to bravery. You need to be a Joshua. Joshua, when he stood at the promised land and at the banks of the Jordan and Moses had died. And God comes to him and says, be strong and courageous. For the Lord your God is with you. Take these people through the promised land. I can just imagine Jeremiah. Whoa, 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 good. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Hey, Pops, let's talk. <laughs> Moses has been trying for 40 years, and you want me to take them through? Yeah, I want you to take them through. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've been doing this new covenant thing for 22 years. Oh, and you want us to go to freedom? We want to press in? Oh, yeah, yeah. I want you to press them through. I want you to take them to freedom. Joshua, I mean, I don't got time to go there, but I'm going to just briefly talk about Joshua. Joshua had just experienced with Moses on Mount Nebo this glorious experience. God comes down in a cloud, 
God tells Moses, dude, you're getting ready to die. Doesn't sound like the gift of encouragement there, does it? And Joshua, you're going to take over for Moses and you're going to take him through. And then God tells Moses and Joshua, oh, and by the way, they're going to rebel. By the way, they're not going to follow and they're going to serve foreign gods. Is that being set up for failure or what? Do you think Jeremiah or Joshua had a problem with going into the promised land with 40? You know, he's now about 55, 60 years of age. He was ready 40 years ago when he was a young strapping man, 20. He was ready. Him and Caleb were like, oh, we can take the land. They're giants. But man, we've got it. And God infused some courage into Joshua and said, my son, he said it three times. Why did he say it three times? Because he needed it three times. And you need it three times. I'm going to show a little video clip. You guys need some courage. There's some discouragement. There's some despair. There's some oppression. There's some things God's been preparing to break off to you today, and he's going to break some stuff off. I feel it. I feel it in my bones. You're about to move. You're about to ride in. I'm going to show a video. I know you've seen it. It's called Braveheart. Anybody seen the movie Braveheart? I'm going to show two scenes back to back when William Wallace is encouraging the Scots to fight for freedom. And he's there on his black stallion, and he's encouraging him. He's admonishing him. That's who we are. But you watch what happens to the men's hearts. You watch as that spirit, that gift of encouragement begins to work, work through him and how that courage gets them to say, yes, I will fight for freedom. I will not back down. I will not quit. Everyone who needs a jolt of courage and brave heart for situations that you're going through in your life, stand up quickly. Stand up. If you have wanted to quit, stand up quickly. I believe God's going to break off discouragement and despair and frustration. He's going to infuse you with courage and bravery, hope and faith today. That's what I believe. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray a prayer. And then what I'm going to do is Tom's going to come up with me. And we're going to impart the gift of encouragement so that you can in turn encourage others. But I want you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. If you're wanting stuff broke off of you by faith, I want you to engage with me in this prayer. I want you to believe by faith that the power of God is here to infuse courage and to break some garbage off of you so that you in turn can receive the gift of encouragement today. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, help me. Give me courage. Right now, God, I need courage. Give me a brave heart. I want to quit, but God, I choose to say no to quitting. Right now, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Now just open there, open your palms up and just ask the Holy Spirit. Fill me up. Fill me with courage. Just take some time. Invite God in to take you someplace today. 
And what I'm going to do as you're asking for more, I'm going to begin to break some things off of you right now. I'm going to break it off of my own life in Jesus' name as well. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I break off discouragement. I break off discouragement over the body of Christ. Discouragement, I command you to leave and 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 the people of God to be released now in Jesus' name. Discouragement, leave. Leave in Jesus' name. Tell it. Say, leave in Jesus' name. Despair, I command you, in the name of Jesus. You can't have me any longer. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Despair, leave. Leave in Jesus' name. Go. Frustration. Frustration, we take authority over you by the blood of Jesus. Frustration, you must go. I say, no, you cannot have me. Frustration, leave in Jesus' name. Go. Oppression and heaviness. We bind you. We take authority over you by the blood of Jesus. We bind you. We take authority over you, depression and oppression. We come against you in Jesus' name. You cannot have me. You cannot have me. Go in Jesus' name. Renounce you. Heaviness. Go. Leave in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. Mm, in Jesus' name, heaviness, go. The desire to quit, get out. Go, go. Quit. Quitting is not an option. I rebuke quitting in Jesus' name. And I command that desire to leave me now. Say this with me. I will not quit. Say it again. I will not quit. I'm all in. I will walk in courage. I will strengthen myself in the Lord. I will pray in the Holy Spirit so that I might edify my inner man. I will follow your ways, God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Anybody feel a little lighter? Amen. Father, we praise you for that in Jesus' name.